Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. On this week's Patriot Nation podcast, we are talking about cornerback prospects. And we have on, I would say, in my opinion, uh, the uh, the foremost authority on cornerbacks, uh, I think, on Twitter. And that's Eric Crocker. He is a former Arena League football uh, football player. He also uh, got a little cup of coffee with the with the Jets in the NFL, and so it's a heck of a conversation. He's a super knowledgeable guy. It's a great conversation. We start off uh, with, I guess, an update on Brady. There's really no updates. There's an update about no. I, I, who the hell knows? They're just updating things just to say things at this point. So but we discussed that for a few minutes before that, and uh, and then we have some cornerback conversation. And man, Croc just doesn't look at corners. So we're talking about corners. We're talking about wide receivers. It's a great conversation. So you don't want to miss it. So buckle up. And cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's Bags, we are back. Another week down. The NFL Combine has officially started, and people are still making up stories about Tom Brady. Yeah, it was a tough morning. Um, you know, when you see Schefter tweet something with Brady, oh. it always catches your eye because he generally knows what he's talking about. But it's it's just been update after update that's just pile of crap, pile of crap. Just yep. like you said earlier in the intro, just talking to talk, just to update and update. It's it's almost like they're saying the same things, just changing the wording around just to get, right. um, you know, and this comes back to our conversation last week where he's the most interesting and most highly touted free agent since LeBron James, maybe Kevin Durant. It's this type of stuff in the sports world, not even football doesn't come around often. So I understand the hype around it, but um, you know, it, it, we've stayed pretty calm during it. And I think I have too. It's definitely been a, a tough two and a oh, half yeah. months since, you know, right. since or, or a month and a half, I should say since, this stuff really started to gain steam and we're almost there a couple more right weeks. Now. Well, that's, um, I mean, we'll know whether it's good or bad, we'll know. So, yeah. When you look at Twitter and you know, it's all like people trying to talk people off the ledge and people making, you know, sweeping comments. He's definitely gone. I'd be shocked if he was back and this and that. And it's like, you know, what are we doing? Like, What are we doing? The Patriots, the Patriots haven't even sat down with him yet. This is, I don't, I just don't understand it. Like, and, and you know, so, Don Yee's at the, at the combine meeting with other teams, which I guess is legal. I don't know how, but you know, fine. Okay, he's talking with other teams at the combine. Now he represents a ton of players. 
He represents Jimmy G. He obviously represents Brady, right? So maybe he's discussing some some things with different players. And maybe the Patriots flat out said to Brady, look, Tom, you know we want you back, okay? So you go out there, you talk to a few people, you come back, and, and you know, and we're going to figure things out. But go talk to people, do your thing, take your time. Like, it's fine. We'll, we'll be here. We're not going anywhere. And so again, and I, you know, and, and, uh, and I said this at the beginning, and I've been kind of saying since the beginning, it really comes down to the Patriots, to the Patriots want them. And I think they do, but you know, I, I think, I think what you need to worry about more than is Tom going to leave is does Bill Belichick want him? And I think that's the biggest yeah. thing. And, you know, and, it, and we'll see, you know, but who the heck knows, you know? It's and like it's, we're we're almost there. It's just, right. It's, oh, it's so it's I, so like yeah annoying, man. You know it really is, and I'm just sick and tired. Like whether it's good or bad, just just give me the news. Let's move on here. I agree, hundred percent. And I will tell you, man. Let me tell you something. Okay, Bill Belichick, still to this day is, is just my is my favorite player. Is my favorite person maybe of all time. Oh, middle, Nobody. Middle guy. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! Nobody has ever looked more badass Mike than Coach Bill Lee's Belichick. It's unbelievable, man. And he's just what standing there in the rain, no hood, no nothing. He's just like chilling, standing there, watching this guy do you know one on one drills by himself in the rain in freaking Middle Tennessee State. And you know he must like the world them because he skipped uh, the weigh ins in some of the interview. Pro, uh, I know Casario's kind yeah. of taking over that, but I mean, no, but even you still, know, think, you know, like that—that's pretty good. He gets a pr- little private workout from Belichick. I mean, come on, yeah. I mean, can you ask for anything more as a prospect? I mean, unbelievable, right? And there's one picture of this kid's like down, and Belichick's pointing. He's down in like a in like a you know like athletic stance or whatever, and Belichick's pointing at a bag or something like that. And I I, I just I'm. I could never look as badass as Belichick looks in that picture. <laughs> like 67-year-old football, he just looks, oh, you know, like you I get said, the rain falling all around him. And he is just, I mean, my God, man. Like I just, no matter what happens with Brady, and I love Brady, and I want Brady here so bad and everything else. But let me tell you something, man. As Bill long as we have Bill, it's just like, I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll be okay, you know? So, oh, yeah. but that, that story was so much fun. And, you know, especially where everyone's at the combine and everyone's there at the combine and Belichick's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to middle Tennessee state. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's unbelievable. So anyways, all right, let's get into, um, let's get into our conversation with Eric Crocker. Great guy. Again, you know, if you're not following him on Twitter, I mean, at this point, doing what, something wrong. what the hell are we doing? You know, like really. And, and, and like I said, he's a corner. And so he breaks down corners, but he's not just looking at corners. He's looking at the whole passing thing. He's looking at safeties. He's looking at wide receivers. He's looking at the whole thing that's going on. And so super, super knowledgeable guy. Um, in case you don't follow him, it's at Eric underscore Crocker. And you'll see Croc time is the, uh, is the, is the name that pops up there. And he's a super nice guy. Great guy. Uh, you know, just like me works in the school system and, you know, trying to become a teacher and everything. So, uh, really, really, really interesting guy. And like I said, super knowledgeable. It's a great conversation. So definitely, uh, you know, stick around for it. And we'll be back next week breaking down another position. And at that point, um, you know, the scouting combine, well, I think we'll be recording by the time the scouting, I think the combine goes to like the third or something like that. So we may not even be recording till the end of the combine, but we're coming up. We're coming up to the end of the off season. So, uh, you know, look, I'm looking forward to that. So we'll see what happens. But anyways, thanks guys. And, uh, and here's Eric Crocker. All right, we are extremely happy to have on Eric Crocker. He's going to break down uh, some cornerbacks for us. We got we got an interesting conversation with him coming up. 
you know who Eric Crocker is. You better know who Eric Crocker is. He's Croc Time on uh, on on uh, Twitter, obviously at Eric underscore Crocker. He is breaking down corners. But what I like about him is that it's not just breaking down corners. It's breaking down corners and wide receivers. And it's not like, oh, this guy's fast and this guy's good. It's like super technical, all this stuff about, you know, super, super in-depth stuff. We, when corners came up on the list, I'm like, Croc's the guy. We got to get him on the show. And here he is. We're super excited to have him. Croc, welcome to the show, man. Oh, man, th- thanks for having me. And I appreciate you saying I go, like, in-depth. I-, I try to keep it to where it's not overly, uh, like, complicated to understand. So I try to keep it as simple as possible. But just, like, what what I want to do, like you said, you know, we-, we all know somebody's fast. I try to point out some things that other people aren't seeing or aren't reporting or, or, or putting out there. And and then with that, like, you know, with me, a lot of times it, you know, shows or like a lack of that. And then that's kind of how I how I put it out there and I kind of create, you know, my board of guys who I like, stuff like that. So, like, here we run, you know, we all knew he was going to run fast, but you know, that is, speed isn't just his game. And, and like, Rieger, you know, um, I know I'm going on a tangent right now, but Rieger's another guy who I think a lot of people are expect, expected to run fast. He had an amazing uh, bra, broad jump. An amazing vertical, but and I and I expect him to test well in the forty, but I didn't think he played that fast consistently. Like when I watched him, so you know, so I know people are going, oh, they're going to be blown away with that. I thought he played fast at times, or, or and he had that those big plays sometimes after the catch, but I didn't see a guy who always threatened a corner vertically to get a corner to panic, or I, I didn't see a guy, you know, always threatening guys over the middle where, you know, he's just going to catch a dig and take it to the house like Ruggs could do. So I'm not as high as Rieger, you know, as other guys. But, yeah, those are the, those are the things I try to point out. Um, just some things that aren't as obvious and, like, you know, what, is, what does this guy do consistently? Like, who, who is he? Yeah, and yeah. then, you know, you mentioned Henry Ruggs, obviously, as we're recording, just ran his first 40 at 4.28. Um, like you said, you know, not even shocked. I mean, that's so, so fast and – People aren't even, you know, it, it was so expected. 42-inch vertical, th- those guys are just this class of wide receivers. And I know we're here to talk about some cornerbacks, but you do a great job with wide receivers as well. So I think, you know, with the combine starting today, it's good to note some some guys that stood out. One guy I thought that really caught my eye um, and has just flown up the draft board since, really since, um, you know, week one of the college season, Justin Jefferson out of LSU, uh, played a lot out of the slot, didn't see much, much press coverage. So... Uh, you know, didn't really know where he'd fall in the NFL, but, um, you know, flew up the draft boards this year, potential first round pick. A lot of people love him to New England at 23. Uh, he caught everything his way and ran a 4-4, which shocked a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it definitely shocked me. Um, I knocked slot receivers in college a little bit because, you know, I, I want to I see, like, can, can, you, can you threaten guys on the outside? And I think that's tougher matchups. You know, when you play primarily in the slot, you have a lot more favorable matchups. Um, you're playing against more backers or safeties. You have um, more free releases. Uh, you know, the guys that you're playing against typically aren't uh, – they can't really be as aggressive, like, you know, you know, within the five yards as far as, you know, a guy having a two-way go. So I just think it's a lot easier to play in the slot. I think he did it at an elite level, but – I was questioning, hey, what's his, what's his deep speed? What's his long speed? Can he beat corners on the outside vertically? Can he threaten them vertical to run, you know, comebacks and curls and things like that? And he ran a 4-4-3 officially, 
So, uh, yeah, I was, I was completely surprised by that. I still I don't know if he played that fast, but clearly he plays fast enough. So, yeah, that that, that was a big win for him. And that, yeah. that might bump somebody like him into the first round for me. Where other people, I know they had him first round, but I, I had to see that. Well, and that's, and that's the thing, too, is that you don't know. And like you say, you see him in the slot, and so he's not playing against the type of athletes that he'd be playing against on the outside. And I think that that's a big issue, you know. So, um, but, yeah, it's interesting. And, and I will say just one one more quick thing before we get started on the corners. You know, two Patriots targets, or, or guys that at least Patriots uh, have been, well, by the press at least linked to, you know, Stad Moss and Van Jefferson, both sons of former Patriots players, who both had the same exact Jones fracture in their foot. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows if they got that during the season or when they were training for the combine or who knows when that happened. But, um, you know, it was just interesting that they came up uh, and they both had exactly the same injury. So, um, you know, I don't know if that means, I don't know if that means they're going to drop uh, clearly. They're not going to be, um, you know, running or anything at the combine, but, um, but you know, it, it, it's just interesting to note. I thought, cause I was like the same injury. Like that's, that's weird that it's exactly the same injury and neither of them knew that, that they even had it going into the combine. Who's Van Jefferson's dad? Sean Jefferson. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He's the uh, wide receivers coach for the uh, Jets, too. So it'd be Belichick sticking it to them again if he can oh, pick up brother. his time. That'd be, we, we mentioned that a couple times. So that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Croc got to try out with the Jets, but we won't hold that against you. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was an interesting uh, time. Yeah, it was, it was cool though. So yeah, we'll have to we'll have to chat about that. But let's get into corners. Uh, I'm gonna start us off, and uh, we're gonna do the same thing we've done, um, you know, before. So I'm gonna do three. Spags gonna do three, and you know, Crock, you're gonna look. We're not scouts, right? Spags has been doing a better job of kind of breaking down than than I have, but um, but I kind of looked at it, and honestly, to be to be quite frank with the listeners out there, the Patriots probably aren't drafting a cornerback anytime soon. Right now we say that, which means they'll probably draft a cornerback early this year. Um, but you know, they drafted a cornerback in the second round last year. They have the best cornerback in the game right now. They have JC Jackson. They have Jonathan Jones as well. So they have a lot of, of depth there, but that doesn't mean that they won't go after someone if, you know, if the guy is the best player on the board and they've done that before yeah, in the past. And so, yeah, because that's what they, right. They, they try to attack guys that, that are the best players on the board. So um, well, you know, school I mean, as far as the cornerbacks, the, the way that they address the cornerback position, um, they make it to where you know they do a lot of man match type stuff, and they get guys that uh, fit specific type of like roles, and they have guys that can guard different type of receivers, mm-hmm. and I think that's big, big, big. And and I and I don't know why more people don't do that. I think t- teams too often go with guys that just kind of fit like their scheme and the size of okay, I want. You know, long press man corners, and they get those type of guys, but they they don't match up the same with different type of body styles. Like like you know, forty ers right? Everybody's you know you have six uh, three and six three, and they they don't match up well with a guy like Tariq Hill, who's right. shorter and shiftier. You know, but the Patriots they can match up with anyone because of the different type of body styles that they have at the cornerback position. So I love 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 the way that they do it. And I'm surprised more teams don't kind of follow that type of uh, plan. That's what I, that's what I would do. <laughs> no, it makes a lot of sense. And I think, I think part of the problem is that it puts so much emphasis on the coaching because 
you know, then the coaching hat, they have to scheme the right matchups instead of saying, go out there and, you know, and, and, and play your spot. It's like, okay, we have to scheme the right matchups and put you in the right position. I mean, that's why you look at Pat Chung, you know, when they first brought him in, he, he, he wasn't good. And, you know, he left, went to the Eagles, didn't play well. And the Eagles came back to the Patriots and they said, okay, wait a second. Now we know what we're doing. Okay. Instead of throwing you out, you know, as a deep safety, that's stupid. What are, the, what are we doing there? You're going to be a matchup guy. You're going to cover these guys specifically. And he's been a great player ever since he came back. And so, you know, like you said, it, it's more of a matchup thing for them than anything else. And so, you know, certainly I think there are some guys on the board. There are tons of guys on the board that can be matchup guys as well. And I kind of focused specifically on two guys like that. I guess all three of my guys are, are kind of more matchup guys than, than anything else. I didn't even, I hadn't even really thought about it that way, but I guess I maybe did it unconsciously. So, um, so all right, let's get into it. My first guy is Jalen Johnson. Uh, he is from Utah, six feet, one ninety. So he actually, um, he's having surgery after the combine on a torn labrum. Um, Jerry Tiller, he actually had the same exact surgery last year, uh, ended up getting drafted in the first round anyways. And so, you know, Johnson could be a guy that could get drafted in the first round. Um, he's more of a man coverage guy, I think. Um, definitely a willing tackler. He's got a really long and big wingspan. So he's he's actually really good um, ball skills is what I really saw, to be, uh, to be honest with you. I think he's going to be gone before the Patriots draft. But he's an interesting guy because of the size. Um, and he does have some, per- some decent speed as well. He's not super... Um, flexible like the um his change of direction isn't great but you know his deep speed is okay and so i think he could be a decent guy i just don't know if he's going to be there when the patriots draft yeah i i was expecting to be there um the one thing that i kind of like noticed with him when i was watching him and he he's a little top heavy so it, it and sometimes him being a little top heavy not not in the sense of like his weight but just kind of how he plays his upper body is like a little stiff, and sometimes his feet follow that. So it, it kind of sometimes you see him like lose his balance in situations mm. um, where it's like, hey man, like how'd you fall right there? You know, so, yeah. but it just his upper body is a little stiff, and his feet just kind of follow. So he kind of lacks a little bit of fluidity. When he gets hands on, he's great, right? Like when he gets hands on, it looks really good. But when he doesn't get hands on, and now he has to like kind of turn and move and be a little more fluid, I think at times you can see him struggle at that point. And, and then another thing I saw too was, was which he might, if he were drafted by the Patriots, he wouldn't have to deal with this. But um, in zone, sometimes his eyes got a little too caught up in the, out, in, in, in the backfield and that made him late to plays or be able to react late. And I don't think he has the, the feet and the fluidity to, to be able to have to react late and still be able to get in the position. So that was just kind of something I noticed with him. Okay. All right. I like it. Spags, you're up, my so man. So I'm going to start it off with uh, Bryce Hall uh, out of Virginia. I, I personally really like this kid. Um, you know, very long, desirable height and weight for the position. He's a press corner. Uses his long arms to maintain. Uh, angler outside type of guy. Decent footwork and long arms to close out. I think... Um, you know, pretty good when the ball's in the air, has, has the ability to knock out a lot of balls out of receiver's hands. Uh, pretty solid corner. Like I said, can play press really long and, and, and you know, a desirable height for the position. Uh, like I said, 6'1", 202, 32 and a quarter arms. Um, it, you know, strong out of Virginia. I think he's personally, a, you know, a second or third round fit. I think he'd be perfect with, you know, someone like Dallas. Uh, reminds me a little bit of like a James Bradbury. Uh, but this is a great corner and, and you know, not very high in a lot of people's rankings, but I think this kid could play some ball. 
Yeah, I think he's not as high on the rankings because he missed this year with the injury or most of the season. Uh, I personally had him as my CB1 last year before I realized he was returning back to college. I'm really high on him. I thought, and, and I mean, obviously he'd be behind like Akuda, but I'd have him high in this draft. I haven't completely put together my board yet, but the things I liked about him, one, you, you notice him on every single play, whether it's a run away from the ball, if it's a run towards him, he's always playing full speed, always trying to get to the ball. That was the first thing I noticed. Uh, another thing I noticed, for somebody with size, the size that he has, and, he, and you can kind of look at and see, tell on film, I don't know if it's because he wears number 34 or if he's just, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, six, over 6'1", six, 200-something pounds. Um, he plays off coverage extremely well. And to me, I typically like my guys around, like, like if, if I were to put together, like, my perfect corner, he'd probably be more on the, like, 5'11 range or ideal, my ideal corner. Probably more on the, like, 5'11 range because I think they just move the best. Um, and you can do a lot of different things with them. He moves extremely well and plays off coverage well, especially for somebody with that size. Um, and then obviously in man coverage, like you guys said, um, really good, really sound. I thought overall he's just an extremely sound player, and I didn't see really a weakness. Now, you know, obviously you want to see how he tests at 6'1", 270 pounds, how fast does he run down the sideline with the receiver. But I, I really liked his game, and I thought overall – um, outside of Akuda, he might be, as far as what I've watched so far, probably the most sound cornerback. Yeah, and, and last year before the year, uh, definitely, you know, at least halfway through the, uh, the the college season last year, he was a lot of CB1s. I mean, you saw him in the first round last year. Obviously, he went back to school. Um, but this is a guy who's a mature player that, you know, somebody's going to get a football player day one that's ready to play. Hmm. Does anybody know why he went back? I thought that was weird because I was like, man, this is the first round pick. Um, you know, high second round at, at worst. And then I saw he went back and I was like, what? Like, why? Especially in a weak class. Like, that was the, to yeah. me, that was the, it was, it was Bryce, I mean, not Bryce, all, um, uh, uh, Bryce, um, Murphy from, uh, from Washington. Right. Yeah, from Washington. That yeah. was, that okay. was my CB one. And I didn't have a first round grade on him because, because he was a little shorter and didn't run fast. So that kind of knocks him a little bit. And then you have a guy like, uh, the, the corner from Georgia, he goes first, and DeAndre Baker, and I didn't, I didn't have him in my top five, and and he got drafted first. So I, I thought that was like, if if Bryce Hall was going to capitalize on a on a draft class, it would have been that one. So to see him return, that was kind of interesting to me. Yeah, no, I don't know. Who knows? All right, so let's see. Uh, I have, I'm up next. I got uh, Darnay Holmes. He's from UCLA, five ten, one ninety. You know. I think he's more quick than fast, to be honest with you. He's a punt returner for UCLA as well. So uh, he does have some speed. Not not super uh, sizable. He's kind of a smaller dude. Uh, but he is a willing tackler uh, at, at points, right? Sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't. Um, but he does occasionally uh, stick his nose in there and, and, and will, uh, you know, will light up a guy or two if he can. But I think he has... I think for me, is his quickness and his footwork are really kind of what make him a decent prospect. Um, you know, a little bit of a smaller guy, you know, maybe doesn't have the physicality that some of the other guys do, but I think that, um, I think that the quickness and the footwork can really kind of help him, especially in the zone coverage. Yeah. Well, one thing I noticed, noticed with, Har- uh, with, with Darnay, I just thought he played a little small and I have a couple, um, things, you know, especially depending on how high I'm going to draft you. If you're, if you're small, you have to be able to play big. 
Cause I don't care about height. Like yeah. a lot of people, they want this certain size. I don't care about if you're only five nine, five ten. But if you are, I just have a requirement. You have to play big, even for big guys. If you're a big guy, I feel like you have to be able to play fast. And one thing with him, I thought he played a little, a little, a little small. And then for somebody that's not uh, the biggest guy, and he's not maybe you know the the uh, and he's and he's playing, he's not playing very fast. He, I don't think he looks fast as far as, like, deep speed. So I think he's going to be somebody that might be pushed into the slot. Um, he still can be, like, a, you know, a matchup guy. But, you know, I, was, I turned on the, the Washington State film. And, I mean, it, it, it wasn't good. It, it wasn't good. And I think a lot of the things that he lacked, he, he's able to clean up. But I just didn't think that he was twitchy enough um, for somebody that's not very big. So that, that's kind of my thing for him. So I, I – I'm a little down on him, but, you know, as a return guy, and I, and I think he has some explosiveness. Um, he looks good with returns and things like that, but just as a pure corner, especially on the outside, I, I, I'm a little hesitant with, with, with him. Right. Well, and like I said, these two, the my last two guys, and I, I should have specified this, because I think they're going to wait, they're kind of like later round guys. And I, I kind of agree with everything you said there. Um, he's more of a later round flyer to me because I saw the same kind of thing that you're talking about. Um, you know, certainly not a guy you're taking early, but has, has some skills that could be, you know, that could be useful, I think. And so, uh, you know, but again, like you said, where you're taking him makes, makes a big difference on that. You're not taking this guy early. He's, you know, he's, he's going to be a little bit of a leader around guy. And for, for my next guy here, uh, I got Alabama's cornerback, Trevon Diggs, obviously the younger brother of Stefan Diggs. Um, always around the ball. I really like this guy's game. Unfortunately, he's probably like a second second round pick right now, maybe a third round pick. I don't think New England likely goes there, obviously, with how deep the position is, but it's always nice to break down these type of players. Obviously, senior, six foot two, 207, uh, 38 tackles this year, three picks, two touchdowns, two fumble recoveries, always around the ball. Um, you know, he's a highly impressive cornerback. I think uh, he's got pretty good physical tools, playmaker. Uh, pretty good in man and both zone, both man and zone. Um, yeah, and like I said, I mean, this probably isn't a type of guy that New England's going to take just because they don't have the pick in that area. And, you know, are they going to take a corner with one of those three third-round picks if he falls there, you know, with, with a lot of um, other other spots needed, you know, filling and, and trying to get youth. But uh, really nice player, I think, coming out of Alabama, which which you, you know what you're going to get unless you're Cyrus Jones. Oh, God. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, Diggs. He, he's intriguing to me because I, I like his length. Um, I like some of his, of his ability. I, I just thought it was a little inconsistent um, with seeing some of the things I want to see, like in, in my corner. Uh, his feet. I think he did everything well. I just didn't think that he did anything like I don't. I don't want to say at an elite level, but it's like what what can he do uh, that separates him from other guys. And I didn't see that one thing, if that makes sense. Um, you know, even guys like, like uh, you know, Akuda. I keep going back to him. Obviously, he's a terrific prospect. But it's like, man, his press man is so good. He's he's very, 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 very in a bad position, especially when the ball's in the air. Um, you know, another guy, Bryce Hall. I think he plays the ball in the air extremely well. I think he's always kind of attached to the receiver's hit. With, with Diggs, it was kind of – Hit and miss, and, and for him to be hit and miss with the coaching that he's getting at Alabama, he's getting the best coaching with Saban. Um, so, so to still have some inconsistencies in your coach's saving, to me, that's that's a little bit of a red flag um, there. But I do like the athlete. 
I like the the, the body. Um, it's just how much better can he be because he already has had that good coaching. Some other guys you could be like, man, you know what? I like this about him. I like this, but you know I can coach him up to do this. If it, 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 but if you haven't gotten that coaching, or if you haven't been able to like put that coaching to use, and you're at Alabama, that's kind of a little bit of a red flag to me. So I, I like him, um, just maybe not as much as I've seen the other guys on draft Twitter. Like, all right, cool. I like that. All right, uh, my last guy is uh, oh god, I'm gonna butcher this name. Uh, hopefully not. I, I it's uh, is Sang Bassey from Wake Forest, small dude, five nine, one ninety. Uh, you know, limited size, limited length, but you know, footwork is good, quickness is good, you know, the ball skills are pretty good. He's not really a man guy, he's more of a more of a zone guy. I think more of like a, a, a nickel slash dime corner. Um, but I like the ball skills. He does get caught sometimes because he's trying to go for the ball. So he does get, you know, burned sometimes, you know, trying to jump a trying to jump her out and things like that. And so that's something that would have to get fixed. Um but, you know, you mentioned playing big, and I think this kid plays a little bit bigger than he is. And he's not necessarily super strong, but he's not afraid to get his face, you know, to, to get his face dirty or to get his nose dirty, I should say. You know, he comes downhill, he makes some plays, you know, in the running game. And although he's not necessarily a force doing it, you know, he's he's willing to do it. And he shows, you know, a lot of effort in that, you know, in that respect, which I'd like. And so, again... Later round guy certainly can't do everything. You know, he's limited in, in, in what he can do, but I think what he, you know, what he's able to do, he's pretty good at it. And, you know, and, and could be a guy that, um, that the Patriots could go after a little bit later. Right. And we, there's the kid from Virginia, right? Uh, Wake Forest. I mean, uh, Vanderbilt. Oh, Wake Forest. Yeah. Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, same colors. Um, yeah, yeah. When, when I watched him, number 21, when, when I, when I watched him, uh, I, I liked him. Um, out of some of the guys that you had listed that, you know, um, to, that we'd be bringing up on the show, uh, I thought between him and Troy Pryor, I mean, outside of Bryce Hall, I, I, I had already seen Bryce Hall and I really liked him. But between him and, and Troy Pryor, I, I really liked what what his game brought to the table. Um, I think – I didn't think, again, like he's kind of like in the, in the same – I don't want to say tier as – as Diggs because Diggs has the body, but he's in that kind of mode as far as a, a guy that is. Does he do one thing special? Can he bank on one thing? And that's what I I, I couldn't really tell. Um, but as far as his movement skills and stuff like that, I knew right away that I liked him from that standpoint. Um, he just might be somebody that's better suited as a slot slot corner, and that's not a right. slot is actually a little uh, difficult. But I think you know with his. Um, feet in the change of direction, I think he'd be somebody that fits well there. So for my final guy here, I want to talk about Troy Pride Jr. out of Notre Dame. Um, you know, Croc, I'm not sure if you were there, but you obviously can comment um, whether or not you were and if you saw him. Uh, lit up the Senior Bowl, did very well against some of the top receivers in the class. You know, um, one thing I like about I mean, he's a little small, 5'11", 193, but plays outside corner a little bit for, uh, for Notre Dame. Pretty good uh, overall athleticism. Uses his size and length effectively to the best of his ability. Pretty good, um, pretty good ball skills. Excellent, you know, zone corner due to his instincts. You know, his his overall motor is very good. Uh, Croc, I'd love to hear your your take on this guy because, like I said, uh, if you were at the Senior Bowl, can you comment on it? And if not, I'm sure you have a lot of notes on him because, uh, like I said, he lit it up. 
Yes, you know, I wasn't at the Senior Bowl, but, you know, just watching him, I think one thing you brought up, zone corner, and they ran a ton of zone at Notre Dame, maybe more zone than anybody else that I saw. But even then, I'm still able to see his movement skills. I'm, I'm a big movement skills guy. I thought his change of direction was really good. Um, I thought his anticipation was really good. I thought his bail was pretty good. Um, there was a lot that I liked about his game. I just wish that Notre Dame would have played more press man to where I can see. Because, you know, at the NFL level, you got to mm. be able to play man. And you got to be able to play press. And I wish I would have been able to see that part of it. But as far as his size, um, which at 5'11", perfectly fine with that, 190 pounds or whatever. Like, I'm good with that. Um, I just wish I would have seen him play press man a little bit more uh, so I could see how the game is going to translate to the NFL. And, that, and that's the problem that, you know, NFL evaluators have with these receivers nowadays where they're not facing a whole bunch of press corners in college, and they it's like, okay, well, how do we evaluate this guy going to the NFL? Um, because right, you know, right. they're not, they're going to face press a lot more. Um, I wish I would have seen him press uh, receivers more so I could see, man, how, how are those feet, you know, when maybe he gets a little uncomfortable or maybe a guy rocks him onto his heel, how, heels, how does he recover? Um, I didn't really get to see those things from him. But just from what I was able to see, uh, good zone corner, uh, good anticipation. Uh, I liked his movement skills. Just wish I would have seen more man man press. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And I actually, I'm interested to see now. By the time you're listening to this, it may have already happened. But I'm interested to see what he runs at the combine because uh, he used to run track at Notre Dame, ran a 10.500 meter dash. Uh, in 2018, two, so two years ago. So I think I'm interested yeah. to see uh, to see what he runs. You know what he runs for the 40 in the combine. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Obviously, to, you know, recording Thursday night peek behind the curtain. Uh, they're tomorrow, I believe. Right, cornerbacks are tomorrow for the combine. I so. uh, no, I think they're last. Are they oh, Saturday really? or Sunday? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think tomorrow might be like O lineman, O lineman, or something. Then I think there's D lineman. Yeah. Then. Or linebackers, and then there'll be uh, the DBs last. Okay. Okay. So, are, are you guys still keeping track of like? I, I just glanced at my phone and I saw some times. Did you guys see what Chenault ran? No, I heard he got he hurt run? on his uh, first second one. Is that is that correct? I, I heard he wasn't going to run again. I don't know, but I know he didn't run fast, and I think draft Twitter is going to be really surprised by that. And I'm not surprised at all because my notes on him were not good. I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't like Chenault. I didn't like him. And there are a lot of people that liked him. They try to compare him to like um, Debo Samuel, who I, I had Debo really high last year. Um, Chanel, I wasn't high on him. So to see him run in the four fives, like four, five, six or something like that, I think he ran four, five, six and four, five, nine. I'm not surprised yes. at all. That is slow, man. How about Mims? Yeah, I saw the, Mims the first thing in my notes, four, four. The, the, the first thing in my notes was he plays heavy. That's a, that was the very yeah. first thing in my notes. Pretty heavy. I've seen and, a little bit but, of for, some Nikhil Harry to him too. Some some comp, some comparisons. I I personally didn't see it, uh, but I guess like you said, play heavy, a little bit more physical. I guess maybe that's where people can draw the comparison. But I didn't see it. What do you guys think about Harry? Well, as a prospect and in his rookie year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll start. I I mean, we are we were super high on him all year. I mean, we were you know. Yeah. Obviously, from week one on, we were really rooting for him to get back. Obviously, because of the wide receiver position and the hole that they had, um, I think I, I think he was good in spurts. I mean, when they, I, I don't think they used him properly. So I'm interested to see what if they can put him in a better chance to succeed and, and make more plays with the ball. But you see what he can do with ball with the ball in space. I mean, when he gets going, man, he's a bully in the open field. Um, I, I think too, he had high expectations. Obviously, being the first 
for first first round pick Belichick's taken at the wide receiver position and obviously coming in at a time where they were getting nothing from the wide receiver position. And, you know, when you were looking at rookie wide receivers last year, you know, doing really well, putting up numbers, everyone kind of expected that for Harry. And, and it just was an unrealistic uh-huh. expectation for his first year. But I'm, uh, I'm excited for him to come in next year with a full summer and, and spring under his belt and getting used to this playbook. My issue right. is that, you know, it's hard, it's hard to watch the Niners and not think they made a mistake by not taking Debo. You know, I, I mean, mean yeah, that, that's play. one guy you can look at that just could you know, have so like, because he can do Christ. so much. Jet yeah. sweeps, he's so good. I mean, this guy just picks up scrimmage yards. That's it. Right, and that's and, and look, you know, in fairness to Nikhil, he was hurt. He got hurt in preseason, and he missed the first eight games of the season, and, you know, and so it took a while for him to get acclimated. And I thought, you know, some of the physicality from him was great. I mean, the play against Kansas City, like the Patriots have zero other wide receivers on the team that can make that play against Kansas City. Now, he could call that a bounce, you know, incorrectly, but either way, you know, the, the, you know, the ability to to speed up the way he did and then break the tackle the way he did and then toe the sideline and dive into the end zone, they just don't have guys that can do that. And so, you know, I think that physically he's there, he can do it. It's just, it took a while for him to get acclimated into the, you know, into the roster, um, you, you know, into the offense, I should say. And I think that we'll see better than, you know, than we saw for him last year. But man, when you see, and look, A.J. Brown looked great too. I don't know. I just thought Debo, to me, Debo was a different level. You watch him, I watch him play, and I was like, whoa, like, that's the guy right there. Like, that to me, I think it's pretty obvious when you see it. It's like, whoa, that's that's the guy yeah. to me. And so, you know, again, do I do I like Harry? Yes, I do. Do I think he can be a good player, you know, and, and take a big step forward next year? I do think that as well. But, you know, I definitely have some buyer's remorse that, you know, they didn't go for, for Samuel. Right. My my thing with Debo with him coming out. I I thought that he on, on especially on the outside he could only win one way. And that was a 50-50 ball. So it, it had to be a, a jump ball or or a back shoulder. And I just didn't think like that type of play style is would be is consistent, right? Like that you can't just bank on that at the next level. So I yeah. thought he would struggle because I didn't think that, especially a lot of times against press, as I was watching, because b- before the draft process, I had him on my own, wide receiver one. And then I started watching him, and I'm like, I don't I don't know. I, I think it gets people get excited with his jump ball ability, but I compared him to Des Bryant, but like 28-year-old Des Bryant, right, who kind of lost some of that explosiveness to be able to separate and kind of had to live with jump balls. And that was kind of part of the reason why he ended up eventually kind of get phased out uh, of Dallas. I, I look at Nikhil Harry kind of in the same mold where if, if he's not winning on, on that 50-50 ball, like how is he going to create separation from guys because he struggles so much against press? And I thought an ideal situation for him would be in a slot. So I thought that that's where the Patriots would use him more in a spot where, um, you know, he just had, again, favorable matchups, um, maybe a little bit softer coverage. Um, if somebody is in man coverage against him, he had a two-way go. I thought he would succeed more in that type of role. Um, but so to, to kind of – for him to like – I don't want to say struggle. I, I don't watch every Patriots game. But the fact that it might take a little bit longer for him, I, I'm not really surprised. Now, I do think he has the ability to be good. Um, it's just what's it going to take? Because once you get to the NFL, they 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 definitely have guys that will help 
quote unquote de- develop you, but it the, you kind of have to be ready to go. You know, you'll see guys get you know get better, but a lot of times they get better because they get the mental part of it down. So once they get the mental part of the game down in the NFL, they're able to use their athleticism that they came into the NFL with more. Um, you right. typically don't see guys get better on, at things like you know, like if he can't separate from press now, he he better get with a trainer that's going to help him with it, you know, because the the receiver coaches for the Patriots, they're more just, hey, how do we get the ball in this guy's hands? They're kind of really more working on those type of things. And once you practice, I mean, you're working on more of a game plan than developing a guy. So really, when you talk about developing guys going, coming from college to the NFL, a lot of times it's really more mental than, than any anything. And, and once he can kind of get that down, maybe, maybe that'll let his athleticism kind of shine through. But even then, thought he kind of struggled with that even in college man I mean I was watching uh, uh, him against Arizona and I mean the corners were not threatened by him at all I watched him against Oregon I mean no matter where he went I mean it was it was a very difficult time for him with guys that weren't scared of him and I spoke with somebody that played with him and uh, some of the notes and concerns that I had he he really agreed with all of that so yeah um, I'm 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 interested to see how he does moving forward, but I was extremely surprised by the fact that the, the Patriots um, took him, and I was curious to see what role were they going to use him in. So that's kind of my thing on the care here. But you got to watch more of them, so I was just curious to hear, no, like you know, from, it's from an that interesting, uh, interesting situation. You know, so you're obviously a Niners fan, so you're you're closer to uh, to you know to Debo there. So, but uh, you know, hey, what are you going to do? And that's uh unfortunate unfortunate end of the season obviously for uh for san francisco but you know what are you gonna do right it is uh, uh it is really <laughs> it's tough. It tough, yeah it's still tough you didn't have to bring that up <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm sorry i'm you know I'm, I'm hey, we've had a couple of those in the past we we know how you feel man yep. as, as much well, yeah, glory as we in, you know? in, in, in the midst yeah. of winning 100 super bowls like <laughs> you know, the, last, the last 49ers super bowl that they won you know, I was like seven years old. I don't remember that. Right. Um, the only thing yeah, that, that I was happy about and I was rooting for the Niners was that they weren't tied with the Patriots for six Super Bowls. It's just us in Pittsburgh. That's true. So we just got to pass them. You know, but I yeah. think the Niners might pass us with uh, with the team they got down there. They definitely got a good squad, but. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, we'll man. See. So, all right, man. Hey, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. Um, you know, we talked, we talked corners. We talked wide receivers. It's been uh, it's been great. Obviously, you know, Eric, and you have a you have an interesting background, you know, with the with the, uh, you know, Arena Football League and you want to you want a, a championship at the Arena Football League, which is pretty dope. Um, that's pretty cool. And then, you know, obviously uh, now did you you were just in training camp with the Jets? Did you you didn't you never did you ever play for the Jets? Yeah, well, in, in preseason. So I was there. Um, I was there all offseason OTAs. I, I got signed in like February. Well, March. So okay. I was there for the entire offseason and everything, and then eventually ended up getting released. And, and this is how much of a business it is. Um, when I got released, I got released because Joe McKnight had a concussion, and Brian Winters yeah. had a high ankle sprain, and Chris Ivory had some type of ankle sprain. And because they needed to make a move to bring in some guys to fill those positions, I ended up being a casualty. So it's right. like, man, it's it's all a business, man, and and, you know, a guy like Dave Milliner who didn't look good throughout camp or anything um, and obviously wasn't, you know, 
who they thought he would be when they drafted him at nine. You know, he was out in the NFL in two years and haven't heard from him since. Uh, yeah. it, it's all it's all a business, man. Like that that's the one thing I noticed from there. The, 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 I tell guys now, uh, a lot of it is I, I don't want to say politics, but you 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 would like to get into a favorable uh, situation for you. And a lot of it comes off of, you know, especially if you're starting at the bottom, man, you need some people to get hurt. You just need an opportunity. And that's why sometimes we see guys, they finally get the opportunity and they shine because I don't think there's a lot of separation between, like, you know, the number two receiver and the practice squad receiver. A lot right. of times there's not that much separation, like, when you just actually watch them. Um, but, you know, some guys get opportunities and some guys don't. I was surprised by, like, that Jacoby Myers, like, Come on, man. You know you, you're a sleeper, and you have this opportunity to 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 be able to you know make yourself a staple in in, in the Patriots organization. And I just thought he 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 didn't he didn't take hold of that that opportunity. And I think yeah. now, too, the Patriots might be looking for a receiver again. They had to trade for Sanu in the middle of the year, give him for you know a second round pick. I know. Uh, we'll see. Maybe they'll trade twenty three for for Stephon Diggs. We'll see what happens. I doubt it. We'll <laughs> oh man, that would be but. I mean, Diggs, mentally, it sounds like he, he wants to be the guy. And, uh, I know. I mean, He'd be the guy here. You know, he, He'd be the guy. I mean, obviously, you got Edelman on the slot, but, I mean, Diggs would be the guy. Yeah, but you can't come in here with that mentality. If you come in, no, in here not. with that mentality. I mean, it's... A lot of guys, you know, kind of come in there with that, right. and they get humble pretty quick, you know, and I think um, with their track record of bringing in those guys that might have some character or some, you know, egos to them, they usually turn out pretty well. Uh, we won't bring up the last guy, obviously, but uh, yeah, well, you know, yeah. we'll, we're still holding on hope for for a Diggs trade. But yeah, that'd, that'd oh, be man. that'd be good. And um, last thing before I get out of here, what you guys thoughts on this whole Tom Brady thing? Is he going to return? Oh man, uh, we, we, we made a truce. We wouldn't bro. talk about this on this podcast, and <laughs> then okay, we broke I'm it last gonna... week. <laughs> then we broke it. Last right. week. <laughs> we broke it. Right, no, we're just giving you. We're, we're just messing around with you, man. But yeah, we. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's such a touchy subject, man. It's it's coming from fans first. It's uh, it's, it's obviously it's tough, especially me being I'm I'm twenty twenty three in May, and you know I've grown up. He's been the guy, you know, that yeah. I've grown up and made me fall in love with the team and to potentially see him wear a different helmet. It's, it's crazy to think about and even picture. And, you know, uh, we're on like day 54 of Brady watch hashtag Brady watch. And it's just, yeah. it's honestly at this point, man, it's it, especially living here and seeing it every day. It's almost to a point where you just, whatever happens, just want it over with because you can't stand the headlines, but you know, right. I, I'm still holding out hope. I do. I do think they'll come to terms. I think the reason it's been a little slow is because of the new CBA and, Yep. You know, that, that definitely affects them. And, and, you know, they can't really talk a contract with him with the way they structure things. And especially with him at being his age, he's at a unique yeah. position. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm still holding out hope until until I see it in writing that he's gone somewhere. I'll believe it. I think the, the thing for me, if the Patriots want him, he'll be back. And I, I think that, you know, I think that that's that's a big qualifier for me. If Bill Belichick decides he's going to move on from Tom, then you say, okay, well, then then we're done, you know. But if Bill wants him back, I think that he that he's back here this year, which I think Bill does want him back. I don't think there's any backup plan right now. Um, certainly not for this year. Maybe next year, but certainly not for this year. There's there's no other options. And so I think that because they want him back, um, you know, that he'll be back. We'll see. But I, I just think I think I do I will say all the AFC West garbage is stupid. He's not going to the Raiders. He's not going to the, to the charges. It's never going to happen because 
because if you go to either of those teams, you're an automatic wild card team. And then in that case, you're not making the Super Bowl. So why are you going there? You know? And again, to me, it's only he's only going there if the Patriots don't want him, the Titans don't want him, and now he has to choose between the Raiders and the Chargers. That's in my opinion, that's the only way I see that falling. Whereas if the Patriots say, no, we're going to move on with Jared Stidham. The Titans say, no, we're committed to Ryan Tannehill. And now he has no other option but to go play in LA, you know, or Vegas. And so to me, that's the only way he ends up at either of those teams because he really doesn't have a chance to win the Super Bowl in either of, in either of those spots, you know? So anyways. Okay. But we'll I like see. San Diego Falls. I think, I think, I mean, obviously it's hard to see them win the Super Bowl, but you know, because only one team wins, and there's a lot of good teams right now. Right. Uh, but I, I will say the Chargers kind of had a recipe, man. They got the, they got a uh, really good pass fresh. Uh, they have a solid secondary, especially getting Derwin Davis back. And then offensively, man, they got some weapons there. Uh, right. Me, no, it's true. I mean, receivers for yeah for 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 Brady, something that he's kind of lacked uh, recently with the Patriots. I mean, you have no shortage of them. Especially, I mean, could you imagine what? Uh, Keenan Allen would do with Tom Brady, especially if he brings that type of offense where, you know, a quick passing game, uh, get the ball in, in Keenan Allen's hands. And then, you know, you have the best guy with Mike Williams. And um, yeah, yeah they, they, they got some, they got some guys over there. That's a good point. It's a good point. So we'll see. I just think that, I think that for him, his goal is winning and, you know, you're not going to win that division with the chiefs there. So, you know, we'll see. Wait, long, right. one last question before you leave. What the hell is a bull weevil? <laughs> uh, so uh it's it's uh it i guess it, it's like this little bug that you know obviously that's my college mascot but yeah, um it, i guess people it's, that it's, don't uh, know it's, yeah i went so I, I went to university of arkansas monticello and the the men the men program uh sports teams are called the bow weevils the girls programs are called the cotton blossoms well <laughs> I, I I know right. So the boll weevil ate. Um, it, it would destroy like crops of of cotton. Okay. So that's as much as I know about it. Um, it, it's really ugly. Oh uh, man, it's ugly. Holy shnikes! Yeah, it, it's, a, it's an ugly little bug. <laughs> it has like a long snout. Um, but I guess it destroys uh, you know, crops of of cotton and, and or fields of cotton. So that that's as much as kind of my, my knowledge goes on the whole boll weevil thing, but. And man, I embraced it, man. I mean, you know, once the weevil, always the weevil. So. Hey, man, that's the way it goes, right? <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's, yeah, it's well, recognizable, like right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a cougar for life, or you know, a tiger for life. It's like 97 <laughs> schools that are tigers, you know. So yeah, that's right. original for sure. Uh, I'm a weevil. Cool. There's only one. So. There you go. See, that's it. <laughs> So, hey, thanks, man. We really appreciate you having having you on and uh, you coming on, and and uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime. All right, anytime, guys. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks, Take Scott. Care. Take care.